Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. So, brace yourselves, we actually managed to get through a week in the world of world wrestling entertainment without loads of random people just getting released from the company. It was a good week. I don't know, yes, there are rumours just doing the rounds right now that the USA Network are not entirely happy with Vince McMahon, his big company, because of the fact they're now apparently going to start taping NXT after SummerSlam. That's going to be a thing. But none of that matters because we got the best piece of news that ever happened in all of wrestling. Yeah, I'm probably over-exaggerating a little bit. But Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae, they're going to have a baba. They're going to have a little baby. So you know what's going to happen. We're going to get baby wrestling. Yep, I'm an idiot. But this idiot is very much happy because we have just seen the go-home edition of NXT to NXT TakeOver 36. That is happening on Sunday. I'm excited. You're excited. So let's ups and downs for this week's NXT. So we kicked off this week not with a match, which sometimes doesn't exactly float my boat, but in this case, it kind of made sense because Kushida had not been medically cleared to have his match, his Cruiserweight Championship defense against Roderick Strong. So Malcolm Bivens got in the ring and he was like, right, we're going to lay down an open challenge because my boy Roddy, he won a match. And who answered this open challenge, I hear you ask? Well, none other than Ilya Dragunov from last week's main event. He popped up and if you saw last week's show, you saw that he just brings all the violence and guess what? He did the same again here. But I'm deeply conflicted about all of this because the match itself, it was two really physical, very impressive technical wrestlers going at it. It was good. It's obviously going to get an up. Because it pretty much had everything. It had chops that like put hairs onto your chest and then wax them straight off. We had Ilya Dragunov firing up and just taking in all this pain that Roderick Strong had inflicted onto him and just using it to give himself superpowers from the looks of it. And Dragunov even shed a little bit of colour late in the day. He made everything really dramatic with his crimson mask and hit like his torpedo Moscow out of nowhere and won the match and it was really great but the down of the down of this whole thing is the fact that Roderick Strong has lost yet another big match and the diamond mine just seems to be in a really weird place like it wasn't too long ago that they were being touted as this next big faction that's going to take NXT by storm and that's just not really happened like every time they've had a really big obstacle in the way they've not exactly overcome it and it's just they've gone a bit flat they've already lost one of the members like in record time really and I don't really know what we're going to do with Roderick Strong after this 
yeah, he is probably going to get that Kushida title match down the line, but he's lost a lot of momentum. We need to really salvage this boy, so I've not already said it, they are going to have to get a down for the way they're treating my boy Roddy. Hey, and if you got a little bit of deja vu because of what came next, it obviously was the prime target for Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole 3. Yes, this is the third time it's going to be happening. If you got a bit of deja vu, that's because we've seen this before. They did the exact same like prime target type spiel before Stand and Deliver. We got another one here, which was a little bit better, so it's going to get an up. And it was better because there's simply been more water under the bridge, like more has happened. We've had them beat each other up at Stand and Deliver, beat each other up at the Great American Bash. Now they're going to beat each other up at NXT TakeOver 36. But the main takeaway I got from all this big video package is the fact that the actual in-ring action has been really good. It's been class stuff, actually, like some of the best wrestling you'll see in NXT. But the whole lead-up, the promos, the jammer has not been great. But another great takeaway that I just pulled from this was the fact that when you give Adam Cole just a camera to talk down and just be an absolute piece of crap down, he's brilliant. He's outstanding. He's one of the best in the world at it. And he just sold himself. He put himself over so much and just buried Kyle O'Reilly all the way through this. He was like, I've carried you on my back. You're nothing. I'm going to steamroll you. So the fact they've made him look so good and built him up so high, he just know he's getting booted in the face and he's going to lose at TakeOver 36. Hit Row hit the ring quite soon after this and B-Fab pretty much just said, nope, we are not happy, we're still not happy for the fact that Santos Escobar stole my boy's grill. But it wasn't long before Santos soon made his presence felt. Well, he beamed in on the big screen behind them. He was like, you know what? You actually got to me last week with the whole burning of the luchador mask thing. I get it. I've, I've really disrespected your culture. So come down to the car park, the safest place in all of NXT, and we'll hash it out like men. Man to man, mono a mono. Hit Row instantly sensed that, no, this is probably a crap, so don't do it. But he did anyway. He walked out there, swerve, and he did get jumped. He seemed to preempt that anyway but he got like three on one and then top dollar did something that kevin nash would be incredibly proud of he picked up joaquin wilde and lawn darted him straight into a shutter it was very reminiscent of what kevin nash did to Rey mysterio back in the day in the end though scott did get his grill back yanked it away from santos escobar he then threw him into said shutter and well this was probably a little bit better from last week so i didn't really like the mask burning stuff because it made hit row feel like heels they felt more like faces here even though they did technically have the numbers advantage they just felt like they were fighting for something again. You felt like you could get in their corner because they were getting jumped technically from Legado. It's still a little bit messy and it kind of has to lead to this North American Championship match at some point. I know we're going to get a six-man tag match next week. That was announced on the show but I kind of need the whole title match to happen at some point or there's just not been a payoff. It's just a, an ongoing saga that's going nowhere. Because it was a little bit of an improvement from last week though, it's going to get an up. We had LA Knight lifting weights in the gym and having his forehead dabbed by Cameron Grimes. I could probably use a little bit of that right now because it's very sweaty here. But before long, he then turned around, he looked around the gym, and he saw a really big Josh Briggs there, and he was like, hey, you're going to have a match tonight against my boy Cameron Grimes. I'm going to give you 10 grand, 5 grand now, 5 grand later, if you just whoop his ass from pillar to post. And he was like, that sounds like a pretty good deal. We also had Walter and Imperium cutting a really, well, sincere and very intense promo. They were like, well, the, the mat is sacred, and we're going to prove that MSK are just goobers, we're going to steamroll them, that is going to happen. And you wouldn't doubt it, because they're three very terrifying blokes. We then jumped to said Cameron Grimes, Josh Briggs match. And we had Ted DiBiase sat in commentary, which is just a treat. It's a treat all the time because I love Ted. He just, he just fills my heart with joy. But the match itself and kind of what it meant for everything going forward, obviously it's going to get an up. Because straight away, the crowd was just murdered because Cameron Grimes came out with his brilliant music and everyone was like, yeah, Cameron Grimes. And LA Knight was like, nope. He came out with his music, completely cut it off. And everyone was like, boo, this guy sucks. 
But things got quite interesting because Josh Briggs was obviously dominating Cameron Grimes because Cameron Grimes was trying to wrestle in a suit. You need to understand how difficult that is. But Ted DiBiase then said, well, why don't we make things interesting? I know you've paid this guy 10 grand to batter Cameron Grimes. Let's go double or nothing that my boy Grimes beats your boy Briggs. Ah, what do you know? In the end, there was a flying Spanish fly from Cameron Grimes and a cave in and he came away with the win. So Ted DiBiase came away a little bit richer. But he would not have the last laugh in this little situation at this moment because LA Knight then just bitch slapped him in the face and Cameron Grimes got a BFT for his troubles. So everyone was booing LA Knight, which is exactly what we want right now. It's given us another reason to see a little bit of comeuppance down the line at TakeOver 36. But there is a little thing that we add to this program later in the night, but I will not spoil it now because it was a little good thing. It may have even got a little highlighter thing in my bub. Johnny Gargano and Candice Ray were in the trainer's room slash backstage area, it looked like, and they were just talking about the fact that Austin Theory's flown the coop and Indy Hartwell's having loads of dates with Dexter Loomis and life is just crap right now. Indy then showed up in an index t-shirt she started bragging about all these dates that she'd been on and Johnny was like no it's awful they're terrible stop it stop talking and then she was like well we were at a balloon ride that was pretty cool and Johnny was like yeah you're right Archie sounds really good and she was like we just got snugging we were kissing we were smooching and Johnny's face dropped and it really made me smile this was yeah this was a really good moment in this so I'm gonna bring it up we're gonna get a 79% on the Garganometer. Johnny also said if the these two are going to take their relationship to the next level. They need to combine as a force in the ring. And luckily, they're going to have a match later on tonight against the Robert Stone brand. So we can see if they're willing to take things to the next level. Spoiler, they are. Just not in the way you're expecting. Really quick, Io Shirai and Zoe Stark interview backstage. Zoe was still saying that, yeah, we're not exactly on the same page, but we're making an effort. I'm trying to learn Japanese. Io, Io just keeps giving me dirty looks. Io then said, well, we're not here to be friends. We're here to defend these championships and be really good champions. She then stormed off and Zoe was like, yeah, it's a work in progress. It does look like that, but again, I like this. I mean, less is more in this situation. We didn't need another big skit where they were just like doing some stupid stuff in another sushi bar. We didn't need that again. This was a nice little snippet. It keeps the story moving forward. We then did have that Robert Stone brand versus Dexter Loomis and Indy Hartwell match. And I know this may come as a huge shock to everybody all around the world, but I really enjoyed the match. So the match is getting up, but we'll get to the stuff afterwards when we get there. Because it was fun. It was silly. It was goofy. We had loads of moments where Robert Stone was just terrified of Dexter Loomis. who was just no selling everything. There was a point where Robert Stone did a dive or he attempted a dive on Dexter Loomis and completely missed and everybody in commentary just cracked they just couldn't keep it together and when that happens it does make me really smile so I loved it it was great in the end though Indy Hartwell was able to seal the deal for the couple she locked in Dexter Loomis's silence on Jessica Mayer got the win but then then something weird happened so as it turned out Beth Phoenix handed Indy Hartwell a wedding ring she then got into the ring and she got down on one knee and proposed to Dexter Loomis They've been going out for like a week officially. They've had a couple of dates, but she proposed. Next, uh, appeared to say yes. They hugged it out. They had a big smooch. And everybody in the CWC was just all for it. They were popping. But I just... They've been going out for a week. Look, I don't want to rain on this parade because everyone just thinks that I hate love. I mean, I do. I hate love. It's horrible. It's the worst thing ever. But in this situation, logic dictates that you probably, probably shouldn't like propose to somebody after a week. I mean, that might just be me. It's going to get down for that because I just can't see the logic. Maybe love doesn't have logic. And if that's the case, I'm just going to close my eyes and just think of happy thoughts every time this feud, this feud, this program, whatever the hell this is, pops up on my screen. Oh, this is great. Oh, life's, life's lovely right now. I'm loving it. But then cut to Roderick Strong backstage. You look pretty deflated after losing his match earlier in the night but Mark and Bivens stressed that this guy this guy had a guaranteed cruiserweight championship shot down the line he's going to get that belt off Kushida that's going to happen 
I, I, I hope it does. I think he needs it. He needs the damn belt. One of my favorite kind of segments was on the horizon after this because we had Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai having one of those side-by-side -side interview things which was all conducted by Beth Phoenix and it was really good. It's going to get an up because just the way this format works, it just allows everything to happen a bit more organically. It's not just you speak, then I speak, then you speak, then I speak. You get this weird little overlapping stuff like people going, no, that's not right. You're not stupid. And then you just get this bickering. I like it. It feels, feels legit. Gonzalez pretty much said that she knew what she was getting into when it came to the Goda Kai. She knew she had like priors when it came to backstabbing her friends, but she just went along with it anyway. This then led to Kai pretty much saying that Raquel Gonzalez was delusional. She was going to walk through her. She was going to kick her in the face because she did not see the kick coming to the face that happened a couple of weeks ago. And at the end of the day, you can call Kai whatever you like. You can call her a backstabber. You can call her a bitch. You can call her whatever you want. But in five days time, you're going to call her the new champion. But then, then Gonzalez just went and did it. She went and said the one word you do not say to Dakota Kai because then she goes crazy and you know, all Tasmanian devil-like. She called her a sidekick. So she's probably going to get a sidekick to the face in a couple of days' time. See what it did there? Because the, the kick to the side, I'm going to get sidekicked, aren't I? It's great, though, because you've got this tension bubbling. It's really natural, and it's been happening over a year or so. You've got this lovely story that's been playing out in front of our very eyes, under our very noses, and it's going to get a nice payoff at TakeOver 36. I just hope they deliver the goods, because this story, this story deserves it. Breakout tournament action follow this, and and I'll be honest, it was Carmelo Hayes taking on Duke Hudson, and this tournament, this is now the semi-final of the tournament, it has not delivered a single match that has underwhelmed. I really enjoyed it all the way through, and guess what? It did it again here. It's going to get an up. Because I love the clash of attitudes and styles that we had. We had Duke Hudson, who was just a massive prick, somebody that Wade Barrett really enjoyed. He saw a lot of himself in it. It even taught him a finisher. Wow, look at him. And then you had Carmelo Hayes, who was just this electric, high-flying dude who has some of the most deliciously vicious kicks I've seen in quite some time. And speaking of them, there was a moment where Duke Hudson got caught up in the ropes and he hit him with like a scissors kick. And I was like, Booker T, Booker T would like this guy because he has mastered those scissors. But then something really horrific happened because Duke Hudson got like DDT'd onto the apron. But instead of like being cushioned onto it, his entire body just slammed with like a sickening thud. And everyone on commentary was like, oh, the CWC was like, oh, no, ah, make it stop. No, it's too much. And it was just graphic and really horrendous. And they replayed it and he just landed on his face and his elbow with a thud. I've said thud a few times, but thudding hell, it was bad. This then opened the door for Camelo Hayes to hit his flying leg drop thing onto Duke Hudson for the win. He's through, he's into the final, and he'll be taking on Odyssey Jones. And the promo that he cut after this match was just, it was mischievous, but I kind of liked it. Because he said there's going to be a plot twist here, and instead of Odyssey Jones being the big final boss, it was in fact this guy, Carmelo Hayes, who was the final boss. So Odyssey Jones came out and just like started backing at him, going mad at him, and they just stared off, and it's there. The fire is there. The energy surrounding this final is here. Both guys, I would love to win it. I think they could both do it. I think Jones will probably do it in the end. But either way, they're probably going to both go on to bigger things. In the end, this is what a breakout tournament should do. A little JC Jane promo video was next up and it was pretty much in a similar vein to what happened with Gigi Dolan last week. She was like, oh, you better step out of our way or you're going to be roadkill. And then there were loads of roses. So this is pretty much confirming, right, that they're all part of this, this faction with Mandy Rose. Otherwise, this is just going to be a monumental swerve. And now it's that moment from earlier on in the night that I was telling you about. Cameron Grimes, he just went and stole the whole damn show baby so much that we gotta go and give him one of these yellow highlighter of the week Cameron Grimes you're my boy because he was in the trainer's room he was nursing all of his injuries he'd been battered he'd been BFT'd and said DiBiase showed up and went dude I'm sorry I think we've bitten off more than we can chew what are we gonna do and this just lit something up within Cameron Grimes he was like you know what right okay 
I've messed this up big time, okay? I got all this money, it went to my head, I ruined all these opportunities that you gave me, but now, now, after you believed in me, I feel like I can do anything. I feel like I can go there, I can win the championship at TakeOver, we're both gonna become champions, and we're both gonna go to the moon. He ripped his shirt off, it was crazy, it was electric. I was doing backflips whilst I was sat down. I can't even do a backflip standing up. The main event, sort of, I guess, of the evening was after this, it was MSK taking on Imperium, the NXT Tag Team Championship titles were on the line and well you pretty much probably saw this coming it's gonna get a note because the match was pretty damn excellent there was also a really weird narrative with this where everyone was like oh msk are really tired of being told that their title reign means nothing but last time i checked they've pretty much beaten everyone so i don't know why that is the case very odd and let's be honest when it comes to msk you know what you're gonna get you're gonna get high flying flips and loads of really hyper athletic stuff it's really eye-catching and eye-pleasing but when it came to imperium they brought a level of intensity and sheer fury I've not seen in quite some time from this team and it was pretty brutal to watch. There was a point when they kicked Wesley in the face, did like the double corner dropkick thing and I was like, this dude, he ain't getting up. And before long, Walter, of course, because you kind of got the tease that he was going to get involved at some point in the night, he came down to the ring and he like distracted the referee. It looked like Imperium were going to hit the Eurobomb on MSK. He was like, no, no, MSK are going to lose the belt. No, not like this. But then Ilya Dragunov turned up to save the day but he sort of didn't because he got swatted away by Walter and it all went a bit weird. Because that then opened the door for MSK to hit their flipping neckbreaker thing on Fabian Eichner. They retained their belt successfully, but they were quickly sort of forgotten about and brushed to the side. And I feel like a bit of serious damage was done to MSK after this because they went after Walter and they both got battered very easily by Walter. So you got these great NXT Tag Team Champions that just got absolutely pulverized by the guys holding the UK title, which means an awful lot. Yeah. After this, Dragunov tried to fight Walter once again, but he got swatted, he got chopped to the floor, but then put in a sleeper hold. It was all, all very hard to watch, but I do feel as though this is just building us up, building us towards a moment where Ilya Dragunov will get in a position to take the belt away, and if he doesn't, well, this has been a waste of time, hasn't it? And also, before I forget... I want it! Okay, so I was having a pretty good time watching my Imperiums taking on my MSKs on this week's NXT. And then it happened, this stupid thing popped up in my picture-in-picture. Picture. It was advertising this show that happens on a Monday night. It's not very good. It goes on way too long. And it was spoiling my whole experience. I was like, don't invade my sunglasses. Don't let it happen. Luckily, it was just an advertisement. But for the first time in my life, you know what? You know what's going to happen? I don't want it. A really quick Pete Dunne and Ridge Holland promo followed and they were obviously talking about the fact they've got this feud, this burgeoning feud with Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa and Holland was like, look guys, I really don't respect where you've come from, don't really care, I respect the fact you've got the balls to challenge me, but next week, Timothy Thatcher, I'm going to brutalise you because I'm a Yorkshire lad and I like to say brutal, brutal, it's going to be brutal, I tell you. We finally got the big old face-to-face between Samoa Joe and Karrion Cross in technically the main event segment, it wasn't quite the match. It was the segment and it really delivered. I can't lie about any of this. It's going to get an up. Joe was pretty much saying that he wanted to come out here and eviscerate Cross originally with his words. That was his plan. But then he just realized, no, I don't want to hurt your feelings. I just want to hurt you. So Cross then came down to the ring and he was like, okay, yeah, you might have bitten off more than you could chew me though, Joe. So I'm going to bring the security down just to protect you, to protect you, Mr. Joe. But very quickly, Samoa Joe got very offended by this. So Cross got into the ring. He then got battered by Joe, thrown out of the ring. Joe then dived through the ropes and just 
just obliterated everybody. He just splashed and splattered them all across the floor. And then they started brawling, really. They started brawling all around the CWC. There was people getting smashed into barricades. Joe got thrown into steps. There was a point where I thought Samoa Joe was going to get Saito suplexed through a table. That didn't happen. They just tackled through another barricade. And then just when you thought the barricade madness was all done, all said and done in the past, right at the end, carrying Cross was like he was being restrained. Samoa Joe was being restrained. He then tackled Joe through another barricade. The CWC was on its ass. Hopefully this means that they're going to tear down the building and then get something new or maybe just go back to full sale. But I feel like I may be, may be dreaming quite high there. But honestly, the chaos was great. This just made me feel like, yes, this feels like a massive, colossal match. It's needed that. I really get the feeling Samoa Joe's taking that belt away from Cross because Cross is going up to the main roster where he can just beat Jeff Hardy in 50 seconds. That's his new life. That's the new path he's chosen. But it was good. It felt like an ending worthy of setting up the main event, what should be the main event of TakeOver. That's going to be really good. The show itself was a pretty excellent go home, I've got to say, in the grand scheme of things, so it's gonna get an up. Can't remember the last time I gave NXT a down altogether, which says an awful lot. I think we're, we're correcting a slide that's been happening in the past. I just hope things don't change for the worse, if you know what I mean. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.